Hello loves. Before we get started, I just want to put a trigger warning disclaimer out there that we are going to be discussing uh, abuse and domestic violence and there will be some details that might be sensitive to others. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up. the babbling sisters i'm nelly if you don't know me by now and i'm steph i fucked you up right there you did you jump you you, you, you you know just had to throw me a curveball keep me on my toes yep you know if i'm not gonna do it who is i don't know i don't see nobody yep just you and me so today we're gonna talk about domestic violence awareness October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, amongst awareness of many of things. So many things. But, uh, <laughs> but we have picked this one because it is something that has touched our lives. Um, so, we're going to get into it. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, hopefully you uh, listened to the beginning of this and heard the trigger warning. So, just another warning. We are going to be going into detail about some abusive behaviors and things that we have encountered, saw, heard, um, as well as statistics around abuse that can be pretty hard for some people. So Mm -hmm. just want to say that one more time. Okay. 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 (laughs) Um, Can we first say, because this literally just came up in uh, our VR chat that we have, um, but it's something that comes up all the time uh, in regards to domestic abuse and Mm. domestic violence and the stigma around, well, if they're not hitting you, it's not abuse. Right, it's so false. (laughs) It drives me crazy um, because I've, yeah, I've been told by people Oh, well, he's not hitting you. Oh, please, you're not being abused. It could be worse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mental abuse and emotional abuse are so damaging, more so than a physical scar or, you know, a a bruise, because those heal. Those heal and those Most of them heal. It is the mental abuse that sticks around and even the mental effects from the physical abuse that Mm -hmm. stick around and people really they don't put a lot of weight into that yeah um like everything with mental health they like to brush it under the rug and pretend it's not there factual i like the way you put that because i didn't i didn't think of it that way yeah i was just sitting there like i just don't understand like all right you may not be able to see physical signs but there are so many other signs that people tend to gloss over because they're like, oh, well, he didn't punch you in the face. Oh, well, she didn't stab you. Oh, (laughs) hello? (laughs) Hello. Um, And I've been in multiple different abusive relationships and patterns, physical, mental, emotional, controlling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was listening to all of the because I was in a physical abusive relationship. 
um, that was very controlling. I listened to the, oh, well, it could be worse. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. Right. I could be being choked out or punched or, you know, things like that. We'll get into details about that. But, like, I really started getting that mindset of it could be so much worse. Okay, so this narcissistic behavior, this emotional abuse, this disconnecting me from everyone and isolating me is not as damaging because I'm not getting punched in the face. Right. You know? So as someone who's in that abuse cycle, you tend to make excuses for your abuser. Absolutely. Um, You make excuses as for why you stay. And one thing that really pisses me off, and I'm just going to say this up front, are the people who are like, oh, well, you can just leave. It's not not that that easy. easy. It's not that easy because one, you got to break the mental cycle of fear because you are literally catapulted into fear of what will happen if you leave. I was told that this person, he was going to kill my family, including my sister and my mother. And that wasn't something that I was willing to risk. So I stayed Um, because I truly did believe that he would do something Mm -hmm. to the people who I cared about the most. And that made me stay. Um, People don't necessarily understand the mental warfare behind an abusive person. Uh, And a lot of times, you know, kids are involved and the kids' lives are threatened, animals' lives are threatened. Um, There's a lot of different things that go on to psychological warfare. And it starts off small and builds up. So you don't even really, like, most of the time you don't even see it coming. And it just, like, Mm -hmm. it isn't until it hits to the physical or something really blatant where you're like, oh, this is where we are. Like... You know, like you don't re- like you don't realize it. You make ex- like you said, you make excuses for it. Like, oh, he's been in relationships where people have cheated before, and he doesn't want that to happen again. Or, you know, like little little excuses like that that build up, and you ignore the yeah. big signs. I know, um, in the controlling side of it, like a lot of people, are like I would never allow this person to control me. Oh, listen, honey, because when you're in it, you don't realize it. Right. Okay. I was like, oh, well, he just really loves me. That's why he wants to know where I am. That's why he shows Mm -hmm. up. That's why he calls all the time. That's why he's checking my phone. That's why he wants to know who I'm with. That's why he's keeping me at home and doesn't want me to go out, like, literally telling me I'm grounded. I was a grown-ass woman, and you telling me I'm grounded. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. He really cares about me and likes me. Like, he's Mm -hmm. protecting me. Right. When you're in that, you're thinking this person loves you so much that they want to know that you're okay and that everything is fine. And the controlling part doesn't seem that way until you're out of it or until people around you are like, hold on here. This is not normal. Yeah. Okay. And even then, I made excuses like, no, no, no. He's just playing on us. It's not that serious. Like, it's it's not that easy and a lot of times when women leave um that's when the the worst of the abuse happens that's when um attempts on life are taken that's when people lose their lives women or men when they leave um let me say that because it's not just women who are abused uh it's more talked about with women but men are also abused and um 
unfortunately it gets swept under the rug because society loves to tell our men to man up and so what if a woman hits you don't be a bitch like take it like no i have to say i when i was doing the research and stuff on this i was really really surprised by the statistics and how close it was like i thought it would be a lot further apart um, I didn't realize that it would be one in three women and one in four men that would experience domestic violence. I had no idea it was that close. I really thought it was further apart. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> it's really, it's something that's really, really not talked about. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And you know, the, the problem with domestic violence is it's not reported enough. Um, and again, it goes back to the mental warfare on, well, if you report it, I'm hurting X, Y, and Z. I'm mm-hmm. doing this. Um, or unfortunately, they their lives get taken and they never get to report it. Right. Um, what I will say is once abuse starts, it never gets better. No. Um, and I'm not talking about the, oh, well, you know, I just backhanded you because I'm not paying attention. Like, that could be a total mistake. Right. Still don't take that shit. But I'm talking about if this person gets angry at you mm-hmm. and just straight up punches you in the face or pushes you down and holds you down, that anger is only going to continue to get worse. Yep. And I don't give a fuck. There is nothing in this world that someone can do. I mean, unless you're physically attacking that person. There's nothing you can say or do to provoke violence from someone who truly loves you and cares about you um, and for it to be okay. It's not okay. Um, Take that from someone who made excuses for it, okay? So my one relationship that I was in, I'm not going to say names, I'm not going to tell time periods, I'm not going to whatever, because there may be some people watching who know said people um, will try to put two and two together, so (laughs) we're not going to we're not going to out people like that Um, but I don't think anyone knows this person (laughs) oh you do um but yeah, I um, it was at an extremely low point in my life. And you know what I noticed? A lot of abusive people will prey on people who mm-hmm. are in some of the lowest points of their lives. Who it's are not by accident, right? They do it on purpose. Are, oh, definitely. Who are struggling uh, financially, <laughs> mentally. Um, have had traumatic events, have lost people close to them. So be very, very leery of the people who come around you during tragic times who have not been your day one, okay? Let me just say that Um, because I looked at him as like, oh, it's my knight in shining armor. It's my little savior, and I've had a couple of saviors, and I've had some serious savior complexes in my life, damn it, so... Trust me when I say, um, it was an extremely low point in my life. And in comes this guy and he's so sweet and so attentive and giving me all this type of affection and showering me with all the nice words. And um, we dated for a little while. 
and then we started going out and I wasn't living at home at the time I was living elsewhere with roommates um, and he was over all the time all the time uh, the abuse didn't start right away but when I started you know in the beginning of relationships you spend a lot of time with that person mm -hmm. the honeymoon phase I, yeah then when I started being like, oh, well, I'm going to go here with this friend or I'm going to go visit my family, it was immediate. Switcheroo. And in we go to the fighting. And I'm like, why are we fighting? And he's like, well, you didn't even ask me if you could go. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, And at that point, I, I was never involved in that dramatic of... Uh, situation of abuse so you know I've seen signs and I've I've had things happen but I was just like yo why is he tripping like I'm just thinking he's being like boyfriend of the year and he's just upset because you know in relationships you should talk to your partner right, right. not see control aspect of it I'm thinking yeah. of a, okay well open communication yeah. type kind of thing yeah yeah in relationships you'd be like hey I'm, I'm going here and this whatever instead of me just saying oh yeah I'm going to this place now so I was like okay well maybe you know I fucked up a little bit let me backtrack um so I ended up he guilt tripped me and did the whole boohoo and actually cried and was all upset and I ended up not going where I was gonna go um, so it started off with things like that. Yep. Um, and then it started off with uh, him calling all the time, like, well, where are you? And I'm like, at work. Oh, well, you were supposed to get out at this time. Okay, well, I got out a little bit late. The train's running late. Him sitting outside my door waiting for me. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, make sure you're home. Like, it was started off slowly trickling into things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then we had gotten to an argument because he had came over distinctly smelling of another female and little did I know he had a whole female who was pregnant who was his girlfriend who he was very abusive to as well um, found that out later on we will tell details um, <clears throat> but we got into a huge argument and he ended up choking me throwing me down on the bed and was arguing with me because I told him I was done. I didn't want to be with him. Um, and he was punching the pillow beside my head and told me if I say it one more time that he was going to punch me in the head. So immediately I stopped. Um, and then he ended up forcing me to have sex with him that day. And it just kept spiraling that way and I started pulling back and I started saying like this is not okay I'm not feeling okay I don't like it um I had some girl call me which ended up being his girlfriend and she was like um you're not the only girl um I bet he forced you to have sex with him after a fight and she went into some details about things that he would force you to do um, during sex which led me to believe that this did happen to her mm -hmm. so I was like okay and at that point I wasn't thinking rape because I was with this person right. right I was in a relationship 
with this person. How could I say he raped me? But let's be 100% honest. I don't care if you're married, if you're dating someone, if they force you to have sex and you don't want to, it is rape. Yep, 100%. Talked about that before. I'm going to say it again. Um, don't give a fuck who they are to you. It could be your husband. Yep. If he forces you to have sex, he raped you. Period. It doesn't matter just because you're with that person. doesn't give them ownership over your body. Nope. Done. Um, so things kept getting worse um, to the point where I ended up saying, okay, I need to leave. He was threatening to kill me, to kill my roommate, to kill my sister, my mother, this sister right here. <laughs> wherever she is. I'm somewhere. <laughs> over there there you go <laughs> um, and that was something I wasn't willing to risk so I stuck it out for a while but things just got far too worse um, so I ended up telling him I was leaving I packed up a backpack and went to my mother's I didn't tell anyone what was going on I just stayed over there for three days until things died down and until I really needed to go home because I needed to get back to work. And um, he had stopped calling and he was calling, texting um, 180 calls within five hours on day one. Can't even tell you how many voice messages. I don't remember that, but I remember 180 calls because I was astonished that someone could keep oh. hitting me now that many times. Okay, that's insane. I don't even know how many text messages they were. They were just flying in, flying out. Um, I know on the police report that at one point there was like 120 unread messages. Uh, I've read that police report so many times, not even funny. But there were far more text messages than that. And it started off with the, how the fuck could you? I can't believe you would do this to me. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill everyone you love. I'm gonna find you. I know where you're at. Um, and then saying, oh, you were over at this place at this time. And then it turned into the, I'm so sorry. I was just mad. Please forgive me. I'll never do it again. Um, sob stories and then when that didn't work went right back to the anger and mm -hmm. it, it was insane okay so I was like I need to go back home <clears throat> now that happened on like a Thursday this was Sunday that I was like let me go back home I need to get ready for work next week whatever let me get more clothes something I, I don't recall if I was going to stay there I think it was yeah. kind of tough to go but I was like, I need to get clothes at least. Yeah. So I had a friend, my roommate's boyfriend that she was talking to pick me up. And there was another friend in the car that he had brought his friend with him just in case something went crazy because they knew what was going on. Um, no idea who the guy was, but thankful he was at least there because he helped. Um, so it was raining. We pull up. And he's sitting outside on the stairs. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, how long have you been there? And how did you know I was even coming back? Like, right. I, I guess he just figured I had to come back at some point. Um, unless someone in the car told him. 
I really don't know. Um, from the reactions from people in the car, it doesn't seem as though they told him uh, because the person driving was like, what the fuck is he doing here? And told his friend, yo, that's the dude. Um, my roommate was very quiet. She, In hindsight, she is an idiot, so maybe she did tip him off. Um, but why she would do that, I don't know. Uh, but if she did, she instantly regretted it because she was screaming bloody murder and freaking the fuck out and telling her boyfriend to drive. Uh, because immediately he got up and started yelling and was telling me to get out of the car. I was like, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm like, just, just take me back to my mother's house. I'm not doing this. He opened the door, the backside on the driver's side, which is not the side I was on. I was on the passenger side. Opened that door and the guy that was sitting there next to me was like, don't fucking do it. He shut the door. Now, instead of driving off, which maybe does lead me to maybe the driver, because mm -hmm. they were friends at one point, maybe the driver had something to do with it, right? But um, he didn't drive off. The door, he was closing the door, but by the time he was closing the door, he was already opening my door. They had started driving at that point because he was closing the door, but my door was already halfway open when he started to take off and pulled me out at gunpoint. So um, I remember fighting with him and arguing with him and was like, we're not gonna fucking do this right here in the middle of the street. Like people were looking, there were kids. Uh, and I ended up telling him something of, I'll talk to you about it later let this eye down you're freaking everyone out i'll come back i'll call you we'll talk about it so that i could get away i had to convince him that i was not that mad and that i was going to come back and speak right. with him and that it was only not because i didn't want to stay there right then but it was because of the reactions of everyone around us right so i remember i don't know if i called you or if i called ma but he had called somebody and said that he had a gun. And me. I don't recall who it was, huh? It wasn't me. It might have been Donna. I don't know. But he had told someone that he had a gun. And I had called and Ma told me I need to go to the police station. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this, whatever. So I was riding around for a little while, but then he kept calling my phone um, and it, it just got crazy. So I walked into the police station and I turned, the, the cop was at the desk and he's like, how can I help you? And I was like, I need to get a restraining order on my boyfriend. And he was like, okay. And he said, what's his name? Do you, like, do you have any information, name, date of birth? And I was like, yeah, I have it all, including a social security number <laughs> because I was applying for jobs for him. So I had a social security number. I gave them everything, right? So I, I said his name. Only thing that came out of my mouth at that point, the cop looks at me, looks to the guy beside him. He looks back at him, looks at me. They're looking at each other and I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, you said so-and-so. And I was like, yes. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He walks over to the wall, pulls the paper off, puts it down. He goes, this is him. And I was like, 
yep, that's that's him. And he was like, um, if we press charges, are you going to actually stick with them, unlike the other one? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, first of all... It's a little harsh. <laughs> looking back on it, okay, that was not an appropriate no. response for a police officer. Okay, because I don't know what the fuck's going on with A, B, and C over there, but I'm coming in here like, hello? I just got pulled out of a moving vehicle by gunpoint. He's threatening to kill me and everyone I love. Hi, help me. Well, are you going to actually... That's a problem within the justice system itself, yeah. okay? And half of the reason why I said people do not report violence because one it's not taken that seriously um two you get a restraining order it's a piece of fucking paper and honestly it does nothing and the police are like oh well until they violate it and do serious bodily harm they don't do shit and nine times out of ten i can guarantee that if somebody goes to that point and gets a restraining order those are the ones who end up getting either brutally beaten or murdered at the end of it because that infuriates the other person which mm -hmm. honestly scares the shit out of everybody yep yeah, so, sure i was like absolutely i'm pressing charges absolutely right so he was on probation apparently oh nice yeah yeah i didn't know I that's got to be a violation <laughs> this is why i vet people fully after that okay um so I'm standing there and they call his PO, probation officer for those that don't know. The probation officer is on speaker and was like, oh yeah, I just spoke to him. Um, and he's like, I'll try to call him back. They're like, well, we, we already sent units out to his house to get him. So the probation officer ends up calling back with him on three-way. And he's like, he wants to turn himself in. Now, mind you, the probation officer knew that this was something else, right? He's like, oh, it's because of violation of probation. I'm coming to turn myself in. Just tell them to give me a little bit of time. This is him on the phone. Mm -hmm. And they're like, dude, we're not there for a violation of probation. We're there because you tried to murder someone. Right. And he was like, that's, that's a fucking lie. I'm on my way. And they're like, oh, you're on your way to the police station? Great. So they call the units and tell them, hurry up and get back to the police station. He's actually on his way here. Now, I'm in the <clears throat> lobby of said police station. And I'm like... So what are we doing? Why I'm standing right here and like, well, you can just sit right there. No, thank he's you. He's gonna come. He's gonna come in the door. They're like, oh, you're fine. Nothing's gonna happen to you in here. Okay. Yeah, because nothing ever happens in there. Oh. Okay. So I'm like, all right. Trust the sarcastic assholes that asked me if I was gonna be serious about it. I'm like the next one. So in he comes in his pajamas with his robe on and his <laughs> pajama pants and slippers with his very pregnant girlfriend in tow. 
I'm sitting there. On the seat. In the hall. Here they come in the door. Desk over here. And I'm just like, this is, um, this doesn't seem like a great idea. You know? Doesn't seem like a great idea. Nope, not even So they little. come in, he goes to the desk. He goes straight, acts like he doesn't even see who I am, straight to the desk. <laughs> That's that narcissistic behavior. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't have court until such and such and such. And they're like, are you serious? I, I know you just walked past her. Like, you're here because of her. Did you not pull her out of a car with at gunpoint? And he's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, put your hands behind your back. Put him in cuffs. Take him. Tell me that a detective's gonna reach out to me. And I'm like, why did you tell me that before? You paraded this man in here. Right. Okay. So now what do you want me to do? Now you want me to walk out of this police station where very pregnant girlfriend is waiting for me outside? I'm not sure if she's about to jump me because I just got her baby daddy locked up. It was a very uncomfortable situation, to yep. say the least. And I regretted going to the police station. I walked outside because my roommate was not allowed to be in there. Go figure, I couldn't have support, right? Walk outside and she's like, can I talk to you? Meanwhile, she's talking to him through the side windows into the holding cell. Because clearly they've been through that before. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly where it was, right? Yep. She's like, can I talk to you? And I was like, I'd rather not. And she was like, did he hit you? And I was like, not necessarily. And she was like, you're lucky. And she was like, well, I'm glad that you said something. And I was like, are you the one that didn't stick with the charges? Because <laughs> at this point I was just like, I don't know any I don't know anymore. And she was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm pregnant with this kid, but I was like, girl, that ain't no excuse. You need to get away. And she's like, yeah, I know. And then she's like, can I call you? I said, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. So I went on about my business, right? Then the restraining order came. He wasn't allowed to contact me, this, that, whatever. <clears throat> go, to, go to court. All of a sudden, his baby mama's all on his side. No, he never did anything wrong. Hmm. And they were like, well, didn't you press charges? Well, I was just mad because, you know, he these girls were just trying to play with him. And he was going to entertaining them. And then when he drops them, they get mad and start saying, oh, he was abusive. So that's what they pinned on me, was that I knew he was in a relationship. He didn't want to be with me. So I got mad. Okay. I said, oh, so the three witnesses right. that I got pulled out of a moving car by gunpoint was because I was mad. So it never went anywhere. The charges got dropped. Um, I was made out to be crazy um, that I was just upset because I wanted him. And I'm like, but what does he have to offer? He slings fucking pizzas every day. Was he bringing me home cheesy bread? Granted, it's great. And it was really <laughs> but Not like, worth it. You can get your own cheesy bread. <laughs> right. What does he have to offer that I would be jealous to get my ass beat and raped in a relationship? But that's what the justice system does. They turn it all around on the victim 
And you literally have to fight to prove that you have been victimized. And now I totally understand that the justice system is also in the other way where people are coming forward that false victims and other people are getting, you know, whatever, but getting falsely accused right. and put into jail. Um, but the justice system has failed me so many times mm -hmm. to where I'm just like, oh fucking well. I'm, I, it's to a point where it's like, if someone else doesn't see it and they don't call the police, I'm just like, do I deal with the headache or do I just walk away and heal myself? Because it was it's a good, lot more. It, well, when it's that kind of threatening behavior though, it's good to have the restraining order and the paper trail and all of that. It, it, I, it is It is good to have. I, I, I still encourage help. anyone who's being abused yes. to get help go to the police, get a restraining order. I, I encourage it. Yep. What I will say, um, and you know, this was a little while ago, so our technology is completely different. And it's really fucking sad that we have to be in the times of having to record. Right, uh, having actual evidence, video. yeah. Right, because that's something that's substantial because you mm -hmm. know apparently witnesses and witnesses will drop out because some of them did not show up to court and want nothing to do with it for whatever reasons because the person could also be threatening them yep. um but, but a video was hard to uh or audio was hard cannot, to yeah harder you, you anyway. cannot fight that um and my whole thing is if you're being abused record it video it and take that or you know uh, if there's someone around you or make sure there is someone around you that like i would have step around like if i'm being abused i'd be like can you just come over and sit with me for a while because <laughs> it's like you don't i'll bring know my crochet and my yarn and i'll just right you just never know <laughs> um and i ended up moving uh, from said apartment and completely changing my number and changing everything because um, he was still trying to contact me after the courts. Yep. And it was crazy. And I'm like, I had this restraining order on him and it, it did nothing. And um, even though the restraining order was still active because the courts dropped it, the restraining order basically didn't mean shit. Even though it was still active. And even though the court said they would keep it active, just out of precaution. Now, if you have to keep something active out of precaution, doesn't right. tell you right. you have some kind of feeling something ain't right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, his baby mama got a good lawyer for him. And um, they brought the baby into the court because she had the baby at that point, had the baby early because he beat her and she went into labor. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, lessons that I've learned is um, I saw red flags early on, did not realize they were red flags. Um, with the whole, you know, controlling mm -hmm. abusive behavior, um, protective behavior, as we like to call it, um, but it's really not. It's very obsessive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very fine line 
and people blur the protective to obsessive all the time. And you know, growing up in abusive situations and seeing uh, non-healthy relationships our entire lives, I didn't know any better. Um, I wasn't fully mentally equipped to know that that wasn't okay. I didn't have someone telling me, yeah, no, that's not, that's not right. That's not healthy. That's not how a relationship should be. Um, I'm going to make sure I don't make that mistake with my child. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta Um, listen. If something feels off and something doesn't feel right, listen to yourself. It's your body is telling you, it knows it can sense it. Listen. Looking back on it now, I know that. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, Everyone learns their lessons in their own way, you know. When I was in the thick of it, um, I made excuses for it. And then it was, like I said, the psychological warfare of others being harmed mm-hmm. because I couldn't just put up with it. Um, what I wish I would have realized then is that that threat to other people was very minimal, Um, especially in the situation I was in. Now, I'm not saying that it is very minimal because I do not want that on my conscience. Please do not. If somebody is threatening your family, your friends, take it very serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, But knowing the person that he is um, now, I saw that he preyed on very weak people. And he would never go after anyone that had any type of strength over him um, or multiple people at one time. He preyed on very weak women. Uh, So that's why I say what I say, Mm -hmm. that the threat was very minimal. Uh, But please do take it very serious because we see people, families being murdered, children being murdered all the time on the news. Uh, So please do. Do not listen to what I just said for your situation. Right. Every situation uh, is different. Very different. Very different. Um, I honestly feel like, you know, the physical stuff, uh, I got over that pretty quick. The mental stuff, I struggled. That lingers. Yeah, I struggled for years. And I brought that into another relationship. Um which was an emotionally abusive relationship. Just didn't see that um, because I was so stuck on the, well, it could be worse. Right. He's not choking you out. He's not holding you at gunpoint. Um, he's not keeping you captive in your house for three whole days so that you can't talk to anybody. He's not hiding your phone from you, um, which all did happen with the last person that we talked about. So. I made those excuses of the, oh, this isn't bad. Okay, yeah, whatever. This is, this person just loves and cares about me and knows what I've been through because this person did know everything that I I went through. And um, isolating me and essentially making me feel like nobody else would love me. Um, And then taking the love away in means of um, punishing me 
if we get into an argument or um, he was out cheating. Um, my love language, as you guys know, if you watched previous episodes, <laughs> is physical touch and affection. And when you take that away from me, I think something is completely wrong. I think I've done something wrong. Um, and that's how he would make me feel. He'd make me feel like I did something wrong and I wasn't deserving of the love anymore. Um, and I would be completely belittled and feel like shit. Um, and then one day he would just give it back. When I reached my breaking point where I couldn't handle anymore, he would give the love back. Um, and that was like my reward. And it went into the whole savior complex because he took me out of an extremely dark place, um, even darker than the previous one. And it was just constant buildup of that shit. Um, what I'll definitely say is the abuse, even though it never got to that physical point, yeah. uh, was far worse than any physical abuse I ever went through. Um, mainly based off of the fact that it was like a tear you down all the way to nothing mm -hmm. and then build you back up and tear you back down. That mental roller coaster did a fucking number on me. Yep. Uh, it took me years to heal from that. It took me a while to address the fact that it was abuse. Um, and I even confronted him and told him, that what he was doing was abusive. And he didn't like that at all. That, of course not. <laughs> to him, yeah, to him it was like, I'm not, I'm not hitting you. I'm hit yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Knew it was going there. Yeah. But I definitely stood my ground and was like, you don't think that tearing someone down to nothing and taking love and affection and respect away from them is abuse? That's mental abuse, like clear cut. There's there's no way around it. Um, and to be honest, like he admitted to that. He admitted that it was abusive behavior. Um, and I feel like sometimes abusers will admit to it to get you to forgive them and be comfortable and then be like, I'm gonna get help. Right. Um, but at that point, I was like, yeah, no, I don't care what you do. Uh, this is done. Done and over with. Um, as soon as I realized that, and as soon as he acknowledged it, I was like, yeah, I can't. I cannot. Don't care. Um, and it's sad that you have to get to that point of no return to where you're like, I'm about um mental abuse is for me one of the hardest things to be honest because then you start questioning and second guessing so many people around you mm -hmm. um, and their motives and their intentions and yep. then when someone's being nice to you you're like oh my god why, why are you being so why? fucking nice to me yep. like it totally destroys your mental capacity to know what's genuine um, and what is uh, I'm just trying to soften you up for the blow and it takes a lot of mental strength to be able to separate from that you absolutely um, but I, I don't I don't think people acknowledge 
emotional or mental abuse or financial abuse. There's, there's um, so many types of abuse. <laughs> so many. Yeah. I don't think people really associate abuse with anything aside from... From the hitting, yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's something that I really want people to understand. Like, if you are in a relationship where this person is gaslighting you and constantly blaming you for everything, um, yelling at you all the time, um, they don't have to put the hands on you to be abusive. Um, they can just say things that are mentally damaging to you. Um, and you know, a lot of abusers play the victim and they love to point out what you've done to them and how mm -hmm. you've made them so angry and how you made them yell. Um, I was told so many times like, oh, well, you pissed me off to the point of no return and that's why I yelled. It's a, okay, well, you can't control your emotions right? because all I did was sit there and say, no, I don't feel like eating. And you got mad because you wanted to eat. Well, you don't need me to eat, but you're mad at me. How, Sway? Because it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But it's like shit like that happens all the time um there is a website that will have linked but um i want to touch on it because it really first of all it's women against abuse i think it's humans against abuse um women are talked about far more than men but i i do know men um who have been abused and in abusive relationships and i'm like yo your bitch is abusing you like you need to leave and they're like nah it's fine she's just extra spicy like they don't want to mm -hmm. look like they're weak or inferior and they won't go and to be honest um i've seen them go and say oh well you know my girl's abusing me and they get laughed at mm -hmm. literally laughed at um which is disgusting to begin with because they're a man and they should be able to handle it. No. So, this uh, website is Women Against Abuse. Again, humans against abuse for me. Um, but it really breaks down the whole power and control, which that's what abuse is around. It's All the abuser power and control. Has power and control. And when they feel like they're losing, that power and control is when they snap. Yep. Um, but there's a whole bunch of different things around that. Uh, sexual, financial, sexism, emotional, immigration status, spiritual abuse, heterosexism, physical, homophobia, use of children. Those are like sub breakdowns of different types of abuse. And even when I looked at it, I was like, how is homophobia abuse? But when you really sit down and think about it, like, oh shit, because of the things that they say and the power and control that they use against the person um, in that situation. So the website goes on to break down physical abuse, uh, what that looks like, um, keynotes to point out because it was something that stuck out to me uh, refusing medical care or controlling medication. I didn't think of that as a form of physical abuse, 
uh, but it is because it is something that can harm someone physically. So you really got to take a look at it, <clears throat> even though that you're not hitting this person, um, you are still inflicting bodily harm mm-hmm. by withholding medical or medication from them. And that was something I was like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. And I, I really don't think people fully understand the layers of abuse. So that's why I wanted to point that part out. Um, emotional abuse, I'm going to read this off because, like I said, emotional abuse is not talked about or understood or even looked at as abuse. Um, but name calling and insulting is emotional abuse. Blaming the partner for everything. Extreme jealousy. Now, I agree, there are some levels of jealousy are healthy. I, I am saying that because you know you have to feel some kind of oh that's my that's that's my person i don't want you touching them or flirting with them or i don't want them touching you or like you have to have that little woo but not a i'm gonna kill you type of reaction right there's different here people there's levels (laughs) there's healthy levels and unhealthy levels yes yes okay (laughs) so extreme and they even put it in there, extreme jealousy, because let's face it, jealousy is a normal human trait Absolutely. that every single one of us has. And I don't care if somebody says, oh, I ain't jealous. I don't care. Some more than There's others. Part of you. Yeah. <clears throat> but there is a little part of you where you're like, Ugh. I'll say I have very little jealousy. It, it's it's there. It's not completely gone. You're, right. You're very secure in what you have, <laughs> yeah. but you have twinges of jealousy. Yeah. No, I I've definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. So, intimidation, uh, shaming or humiliating, isolation, controlling what the partner does and where the partner goes, and stalking. Uh, Sexual abuse, we all know what that is. Um, And it's not just the person that you're with performing sexual acts against your will. Um, But it also includes them to say, even if you're afraid to say no. It's right. still considered sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, hurting them physically during a sex act. Um, coercing them to have sex without protection and sabotaging birth control as a means of controlling mm-hmm. and trying to get them pregnant. Or forcing them to have sex with other people. So they may not be the ones doing it, but they're pushing you off on somebody else. Um, they put technological abuse in here which I look at these things as forms of abuse. Um, some of them, I'm gonna read them because the, the crazy thing is it's, it's kind of alarming to the things that we look at as abusive behavior mm-hmm. and not. Right. Um, now I'm very aware of abuse being control and controlling behaviors being very abusive. Um, but I'm just gonna read this. <laughs> so hacking into a partner's email or personal accounts. Mm-hmm. How many times has someone who thinks that their significant other is cheating hacked into their stuff to snoop around? And they don't look at that as abuse. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. Um, Using tracking devices on a partner's cell phone to monitor their location, phone calls, and messages. Now, I I, I track my friends. 
but in an but they way. say they say yes there's a difference yes. but sometimes <laughs> your partner tracks you and you know it because they right. need that control and you do allow it right. um but that's you gotta decipher the hair mm-hmm. there right um and you know when my relationship uh dissolved um that person tried to give me access to their location so that I would know that they're not lying and they're where they want to be. And I'm like, I don't want to have to do that. That to me isn't healthy. I don't want to have to track you. I want to be able to trust that you are where you say you are and you're not doing what you're not supposed to be doing. In all honesty. So, uh, monitoring interactions via social media. Demanding, this this is the one that caught me, demanded to know partners' passwords. Now, there are so many people who I know that have each other's passwords, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, was this a demanding, like, oh, I need to have your password? You know, this is, a, mm-hmm. this is how we trust each other, you know? Like, I've never asked for anyone's password and I don't want anyone to ever ask for mine because it's like, do you not trust me? It's not that I'm doing right. something I shouldn't be doing, but why do you have to invade privacy for a grown person when you should just be able to trust them and take their word? And if you can't, probably not the best situation for yeah, you. Not the relationship for you. Not say. <clears throat> that, you know, partners that have each other's passwords um, or, you know, fingerprints on each other's phones are unhealthy. I'm not saying that. Um, But to see that on here was kind of alarming. I will say that both my husband and I have each other's password things. Yeah. Neither of us ever use it. Like, the only time we go into each other's phones is, like, I want to see what games you have. <laughs> like, is it a game that I want to play? <laughs> like, do you have any new games? <laughs> and he's like, take my phone. I'm like, okay. Like, that's literally, like, there's no there's no other reason to be in there. Right. I think maybe the, the way they put demanding to know. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, sharing. Right. Right. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is, but it was still alarming for me to see it. Like, hold on, <laughs> wait a second. No, but it makes sense though, especially if they're yeah. demanding it. Like, it's one thing if you're willingly sharing it. Like, yeah, you know, I've been married to this guy for sixteen years, so I like I don't you know like there are sometimes that I like when someone's calling or get a message and you're like, hey, can you look at that for me? Type kind of thing, you know. No, totally. And that, honestly, it's transparency, right? Right. And um, comfort and trust. But it was just, it was interesting to see that on there for me because I never associated passwords with abusive behavior. But, I mean, if if somebody's demanding it and saying, oh, you have to give it to me. And then they're searching through your stuff and, yeah, that's not cool. Not cool. Yeah. Red flags. Uh, yeah. Financial abuse. Um, 
obviously inflicting physical harm on someone uh, that prevents them from attending work, that's considered financial abuse, harassing mm-hmm. them at their workplace, uh, controlling financial assets and yep. putting them on an allowance, um, or damaging a partner's credit score. Yeah. Wow. See, okay. That's that's another. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did not look at that as a form of abuse. Um, Absolutely. That did happen to me. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. Um, wow. Okay. Well, you learn. I, I'm learning. Yeah. um, there's so many layers to it and there's so many little things that are considered abuse and so many little tactics which is one of the reasons it makes it so hard for people to see it as abuse because everyone does it slightly different they take little little pieces of it and put their own little concoction together you know so it's it's hard it's hard it's hard to figure it all out and figure out what part of it is this person just being a caring uh, overprotective type person to a controlling, abusing person. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's also everyone has a different tolerance level. Absolutely. Right? Like I, I know some people who are like absolutely not. For Shut everything. it down. Yep. Um, and there, there are some people who are over the edge on that absolutely not and they shut everything down that seems like a flag because mm-hmm. they're just in that pattern of nope never gonna get there again and everything just gets shut down um even for things that are small misunderstandings um where they lack some patience or you know understanding but it's just their defense mechanism mm-hmm. um and then there are people who have had worse and put up with far more than they should um and then people who just deal with it because um they're isolated they moved away from their family mm-hmm. um, they have zero contact i've heard some stories of people who had no contact with family because the person that they were with um essentially made them cut ties with everyone that they knew and they had nowhere to go this person was their only thing that yep. they had um, they had no money. They couldn't just leave. Um, that's rough. That's, mm-hmm. again, sociological warfare, right? Because what do you do? You've isolated this person and broken them down to a point where they feel like they have nothing left. Um, but there are so many resources out there, and I, I truly hope that people start to understand that and start to see that you don't have to stay in that situation. There are ways out. Um, you don't deserve yeah. it. Just be very, one thing I'm gonna say is just be very careful with your exit plan because coming from what I went through, it could have been a lot worse. Um, don't trust other people with your plan. I don't care who you think they are Um, Clearly, one of the three people in my car um, clearly had to have tipped him off because why else would he be sitting outside at that exact moment in the pouring rain waiting for me? It doesn't make sense. Knowing that I was ever coming. Um, So learn from me, if nothing else, and make a silent exit 
and then you can reach out and contact people after who you feel like um, need to be contacted. But honestly, like make make moves in silence is what I always say, and that's how I live my life now. Um, I looked back on it and was like, I understood about eighty five percent of people didn't even know I moved back to Massachusetts. <laughs> because I'm so used to making my moves in silence and in the dark and then the people that need to know are gonna know yeah. um, the people who are 100% trust they know what's going on the whole time and then everyone else can fall in line after or not uh, literally have one person reach out to me and be like hey you okay with the hurricanes in Florida I'm like yeah dude haven't been there in months <laughs> <laughs> okay see you later oopsies you know um <laughs> I was like, clearly you don't talk to me, so right. you don't know. And that's why you didn't know, because mm-hmm. why would I reach out to you and be like, oh, hey, by the way. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, I will definitely say be safe. And part of that being safe is making sure that you have an exit plan. Um, and I know it sounds horrible because people are like, no, just leave right now. Realistically, and I would never say that to someone because realistically, that's not mentally or physically um, a situation that is possible at that given time. You know, like some, you might really have to wait for this person to go to work, um, you know, or if they have like a plan of going away one weekend soon, like you really want to wait until they're not around so they don't catch you in the midst of you leaving Mm -hmm. Um, because that could just cause more damage and more of a a headache or situation especially if you have kids involved um so just be very careful but get get the fuck out yes please Um, if you have any signs of abuse or you feel like "Mm, i'm not so sure about this something ain't right I don't really know if it's abuse or not. Talk to someone about it. Um, you can hit us up, and we can talk about it. We'll uh, tell you if it's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, ask a doctor. Um, ask a doctor. You know, go see your primary care. Go to a medical walk-in, um, and just tell them that you're not feeling comfortable. But I, I will tell you that they are obligated to notify the police if mm-hmm. they see any signs of abuse. Um, so be prepared for that. I, I don't, I don't want to steer someone wrong and put them in a, oh my God, Nels, you didn't tell me. Right, that they were going to report it. Yeah. Yeah, um, they most definitely will. They will. And that's why I honestly say that hospitals are safe havens. Um, if you are being abused, go in there with some illness. If you have no other way of getting out, fake an illness and go Mm -hmm. in there and let them know. Tell them straight up. Um, I know someone that did that because that was her only way out. Um, But yeah, I I honestly, I I feel like people don't talk about abuse enough um, and also don't understand it. Like we said, there's definitely layers to it. So, you know, the whole thing is Everyone deserves a healthy, loving relationship, mm-hmm. okay? I don't give a fuck who's telling you different, whether it be the person that you're with, 
the person that you were with um, because I was told that I was told by someone that no one else would ever love me that no one else could ever love me that I had so many issues and my weight was an issue um, and just me personally that I was too needy too loving too affectionate um, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm going to cuddle the fuck out of somebody and someone's going to appreciate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will make you feel like you're the problem yep. and that no, no one else is going to love you. So just deal with their bullshit so that you can be loved. Baby, it's not love. Mm-mm. It is not love. It's control. That person does not love you. Nope, I don't a give a fuck what anybody says. Um, and I'm I'm looking back on previous situations. I, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, well, he really does love you or she really does love you. They're just mm-hmm. having a hard time. Uh, then they need to get help. Bullshit. Bullshit. If they realize they're having a hard time, then they need to go and get help. And they need to say, this yep. isn't working. I need to fix me. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless they're doing that, that, no, they don't care. One of the things I'll say, and you know, we hear it a lot, is love doesn't hurt. Um, and I think people have tried to dismantle that idea, but break it down. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hit you. It doesn't make you bleed. It doesn't make you cry in pain, or it doesn't make you mentally anguished and feeling low. Love does not hurt. If someone truly loves you and they have a problem, they'll go and get help instead of taking it out on you. Mm-hmm. So all the fucking excuses in the world of the, oh, well, you know, they do love me. They're just hurting. No, mm-hmm. no, baby. Mm-mm. Love yourself enough to know that that's not love. Mm-hmm. Because when you finally get that person who does love you unconditionally and cherishes you and respects you, your eyes are gonna be like, oh my god, <laughs> what is this? Mm-hmm. What is these healthy boundaries here? What is this open communication? What? It's a whole different world. Um, Everyone deserves it. Everyone yeah. deserves it. Everyone deserves to be loved and not hurt. One more thing I'll touch on before we wrap it up. Um, For people looking in on those friends or family that are in abusive relationships, then you're seeing it and you're calling out the bullshit and you're calling out the red flags. Um, Please dial it back a little bit. Um, Coming from someone who's been in the situation, having the support of someone instead of the judgment of someone is a lot more impactful it's so quick for us to be like leave them what the fuck are you doing are you stupid you're belittling that person even more and they're in a mental state where they already feel stupid um and then they're gonna start believing it even more because now here you are saying the same thing (laughs) right you don't know what that person that's abusing them is saying because they could be saying your family doesn't care about you they think you're stupid and if you turn around and say are you fucking stupid because that's our first knee-jerk response, right? Like, yo, are you dumb? Why are you staying with this person? Yeah. 
that's the knee jerk response because we're angry, we're hurt, we're worried, right? Um, but you really gotta you gotta dial it back. You can say that shit after that that person has healed. But dial it back and be supportive versus judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's so fucking hard. And I know Steph, like it probably you looking in on situations it was very hard for you, oh, but yeah. um you didn't judge me to my face. You just talked about me to everyone else, apparently. Not to um, everyone. Now has, <laughs> has come to light. Not to um, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing that you were supportive and knowing that I could come and talk to you, um, no matter what was going on, was definitely a huge thing because there were people in my life who it was like, oh, well, I'm tired of hearing you complain if you're not going to change the situation. And it really wasn't that easy. Right. You know, so I stopped talking to those people. I Mm -hmm. stopped complaining to them. I stopped communicating with them, um, which is very damaging because now you're severing ties. That's exactly what the abuser wants. Right. That could be their only way out. So as hard as it is to watch the people that you love and care about go through what they're going through, um, one, because they're making excuses. Two, maybe they're afraid. Or three, maybe they really don't see it just yet. Um, for me, the responsibility and the job of loving a person who's being abused is very difficult because you have to go through it with them. Um, trying to force them to see what you see and to jump. Yeah, it doesn't always work. Yeah, it's it's not gonna work. Offer them a safe place. Yep. Be there um, for them. Let them know. Right. Be Answer there. their phone calls. Oh. Yep. Oh, Call text. them. Yep. Yeah. Don't Check let the in. communication cut. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's a a serious key. Um, but just being a safe place. Like I knew if I ever needed to leave, I could come to mm-hmm. Steph. I knew that. I knew that I had a place to go. Because when a person feels like they have nowhere to go is when they're going to stay even longer. So be that safe place and just say, hey, if you ever need to get away, I'm here. But never say, bitch, leave. Are you dumb? (laughs) Be gentle. Be gentle and patient. Yeah, as hard as it is. And you might go through mental shit because of it. Um, So get yourself help too, but... You know, and and I fully know that sometimes it's too much, especially if the abuse is very extreme. In an extreme case of abuse, sometimes sitting there watching it is too much. Um, but you have other avenues of getting involved. Call the police. Mm-hmm. Send them to do wellness checks. If you're on the phone and you hear something, send the police. Because if the police see a form <laughs> of abuse, they have to report it. And it's not on you. I don't care how many times you have to call the police. That's their job. Send them out there every single time. Enough calls and reports, they're going to be like, yo, what's going on here? Hold on. Right. So just be, like I said, less judgmental and more supportive. Um, As difficult as it is. I understand it's difficult. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Um, You can sit there and you can yell at the screen right now. It's easier said than done. You're not watching what I'm... No, I get it. Because I've been there and I've watched it. Okay. I totally get it. It's one of the hardest fucking things you ever have to do. And you're going to want to go and you're going to want to get clink clinked because there comes a point in time where you're like, I just don't care anymore. I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. If they're not leaving, I'm coming. 
Um, but you're only going to push that person away if they're not ready to sever the ties with their abuser. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna push them away, um, and I don't want that. I don't want to see that happen for anybody. So, with that said, less judgment, more support. If you are in an abusive situation that you feel like you cannot get out of, uh, go see your doctor. Let them know um, if that's you feel like that's your only way out. Uh, there's a lot of resources, and we're going to have a lot of things linked. Uh, you can text numbers. You can call. Um, that's also in a box. Yep. I screen. can't see, I can see it <laughs> on the screen already. It's, it's been here the whole time. Um, somewhere over there yep. in the magic world of this YouTube video. <laughs> um, but also for the people who are just listening, we will have all that stuff linked uh, written in the description and also in our Discord. So please, if you are in a situation, be safe. Take care of yourself and get out when you can um, sooner rather than later and as always if you ever need one of us to talk to we're here um, I know that this podcast is very sensitive for a lot of people um, there was a point in time where I wouldn't have even been able to talk about the things that I went through never mind listen to someone talk about abuse mm-hmm. um, I had to do a lot of healing so I apologize for anyone that has been triggered and I also am fully aware that you guys might not have realized that what's going on is abusive and you might be like, yo, what the what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to someone. If you are in that situation where you're like, oh, hold on, red flag, red flag, reach out to someone, talk to someone, um, and really establish if that threat is real and if what's going on um, is relevant in your life is abuse, then get help. Right? Anything else you want to say? No, I don't think so. Well, this was a doozy. It was. So, I vote for something lighthearted next week. I feel like we've done a lot of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need. We need. We need some fun topics for next week. (laughs) We got this. We got this, guys. Um, But in all seriousness, abuse happens all the time. I think, what is it, 20 people a minute are abused. I had to look at my note over there because that shocked me and I wrote that down. Every minute, every 60 seconds, 20 people in this mm-hmm. United States, not in the world, nope, just 20 here. people are abused. So, in this hour-long podcast, you can do the math and figure out how many people have already been abused and that's something we definitely need to get those numbers down um it's an alarming alarming rate of numbers and pretty shitty Mm -hmm. so again be safe be kind um love on yourself love on others if you know someone who is in an abusive situation and you're having a hard time dealing with it there's resources for you as well yes reach out but be there for that person and be gentle and patient as hard as it is. So until next time, just remember it is all a bunch of BS. Bye. Bye. I don't want to do-
do anything serious anymore. I know. We need we need some lighthearted stuff. <laughs> I need to go watch a comedy or yeah, watch something. Yeah, I, I was going to go watch Game of Thrones and now I'm just like, I think I need to watch like, no, The Little Mermaid is damaging too. I can't even watch anything Disney right now. Nope, no Disney. Stay away. <laughs> I gotta do with myself. I don't know. I don't even. <sighs> I don't even know what I have. I have to go searching. <clears throat> yeah. Um. We're definitely doing something fun next week. I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something fun. Agreed. Cause I'm over this. Over this. You hear me? Um. But honestly, it was. It was important to talk about, um, obviously, you know, for many reasons. But yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a lot. Yep. Mentally, I'm drained. I'm exhausted right now, and I didn't even do most of the talking. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, but you hearing? No, I and know. Yeah, reliving. And also, I mean, I don't know if you knew, like, the in-depth of... No, a lot of it you kept from me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course I did. I mean, why would I tell you everything? Um, because for me, that's also, like, you know, a form of abuse for you. I feel like me speaking about my abuse that I'm dealing with and I'm not out of is going to cause you more trauma and damage, so get the fuck out of it and then honestly it was just a now I'm dealing with this other bullshit not even thinking about that bullshit I'm over <laughs> here now dealing with this other form of abuse yep. so but now that I am in a safe calm protected space uh, where I truly have a sense of peace and healing I'm able to talk about things uh, more openly and not affect me. It does drain me. Yes, My energy level is very drained. Of course. Um, but also, I got my period, and these cramps are draining me, too. So I think it's a mixture at this moment because my uterus is assaulting me <laughs> three days early. So I'm over it. This is a very long episode. It was a long 